Hello, everyone, and welcome to The Happy Hamster Corner, a podcast about cute, adorable animals, as well as featured stories, collaborations, hamster tips, and so much more. I'm your host, Holly, and I'm super excited for you all to be listening. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of The Happy Hamster Corner. I am your host, Holly, and I'm so excited for today's collaboration, you guys. I have Ginger Clark on this episode. She was previously on the podcast to talk about her experience with hamsters And now, this time, she will be talking about her care guide for Syrian hamsters. So, recently, she has updated her guide, so I hope you guys all will check it out. I will link it down below in the show notes, but I hope you guys enjoy this collaboration, and I will see you at the end of the interview. Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of your favorite hamster podcast, The Happy Hamster Corner. I am your host, Holly, and I'm here again with Ginger Clark from Ginger Snappily. (laughs) (laughs) I had to. She is here to talk about her care guide. So do you want to say hi to the hamster community? Hi, glad to be back. (laughs) I am so happy to have you back on the podcast. So I wanted to ask you more questions this time regarding your care guide, which you just recently revamped, (laughs) added some new sections and everything. But let's take it a step back. And I want to know the main reason behind you starting this guide. So, you know, take me back to the first time that you originally were brainstorming this idea in the creation process. So the guide originally started off as a replacement for those Petco or PetSmart, whatever. Brochures. Brochures. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I remember that that was what I started with and it sucked. You know, it, it's yeah, they're terrible. <laughs> they are not useful at all for providing proper hamster care. And well, what if we had a replacement for like rescues and stuff? So I contacted Cuddles and Scales. I think they used to be in Oregon and then they moved to Washington. But I contacted uh-huh. them and I gave them the idea and they said, yeah, go for it. But then I slowly came to the realization that this was not the right format. One, mm-hmm. there was too much information to include. And two, it wasn't a brick and mortar rescue. So how would they be handing out pamphlets? Yeah. Uh, or little brochures or whatever. And I just decided, you know what? It's just going to be a guide. And I at the time did not realize kind of the monster I was about to start because (laughs) one thing led to another like oh I'm gonna include proper cage size and like other requirements well how in-depth is it gonna be Mm -hmm. am I going to give a list of items that's not always useful because not everyone has the same items in the area well then I have to know how to describe what are good items to include or how to get started with any of it you know there's bedding there's hides there's sand and each one gets has its own like section of information that you have to go into like what makes a good wheel what makes good bedding yeah exactly it's not just 
a cookie cutter, this is what you do and this is how you do it and these are the items that you have. There's a lot more that goes into hamster care than people think. (laughs) And I'm of the belief that like it's better to like explain to someone why something is important important, rather than just telling them to do it. Yes, exactly. Because then, you know, if something happens, like maybe money is short and you have to know which one to cut or your supplier ran out for something and you need to know to find a better one or whatever, you know, knowing yeah. why something was good is better than just following the items that are good. So, That's very true. Yeah. And it especially makes it more applicable for people who aren't in the area I'm in with the yeah. resources I have. Yeah, exactly. And with different countries and everything. So you have different supplies available to different people. And, you know, sometimes I look at UK stuff off topic a little bit but and I'm like dang how come we don't have that over here in the U.S. <laughs> just like makes me so mad I'm like they don't I ship do. over here like what the heck <laughs> I get so jealous <laughs> I do too <laughs> like I see all of this stuff I'm like how how I and know then it, it, yeah things are different in different areas and I'm just also someone who likes to learn and I just wanted to put everything I knew into this thing stepping back a little bit so This started off as kind of a volunteer project because I wanted to help other people, but I couldn't because I was a student in college. I really wasn't making a lot of money, so I couldn't like donate to rescues or help out with rescues. My time was limited, but I did have a technical writing certificate, just have a long history of writing and a long history of learning. And I thought I could just smush those two together and help people out. (laughs) By helping them figure out just kind of the general idea of proper care. At the time, I was following so many like ethical breeders, like proper care people on Instagram and uh, like YouTube and stuff. And I was like, this information is so scattered. Like, yeah. I am learning stuff in these Instagram posts, but unless yeah. someone is has started like from where I am where they don't mind reading through someone's like back catalog of posts it's going to be hard to find this information yeah that's very true so I just wanted it all in one place and the other examples like some books I could find that did something similar either didn't have the right information or didn't have complete information Mm -hmm. Um, and not to mention they were behind paywalls you either had to buy it yourself or hope that your library system had it which is very likely not going to be the case. Yeah. So I just wanted something that anyone could just go to, read, and get started. Yeah, which is so awesome. And you make it very easy to read and follow, and you put such good in-depth information, but it's not so excessive that when you're reading it, you're like, oh my gosh, I'm hit by a ton of bricks of information. Um, Because it is a long care guide, but the way you set it up it's very easy to read it's very user-friendly which is awesome so you did an awesome job with it thank you I yeah so I I have a little bit of some proficiency with like website coding however I'm not great with it so I (laughs) like making something from scratch is very time consuming and hard Um, so one of the things I also did with the website was I wanted it kind of like a google document where you had the chapters on the side that you could just click on and scroll down to. Yeah. So you want to just read about 
food, you click on that and you're right there at the food chapter. Yeah, you don't have to scroll or try to struggle to find it. It's very, very, very user friendly. And, you know, your guide has helped me a ton with the transition because your guide is more, it's for Siri enhanced care. And before when I had Petra, like I read through it, it was full of awesome information, but it's more geared towards Syrians. Mm -hmm. But now with Linka, she's a Syrian hamster. So it was like, that was the first thing I did. (laughs) I was like, I have a Syrian hamster. I'm going to go read Ginger's guide again and like revamp on all the information that I need to know of like, okay, I need to make sure I have this, 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 and this. And it's been super helpful. So yeah. Yeah. Awesome. I appreciate it. Yeah. uh, (laughs) There is a lot of overlap in Dwarf and Syrian care, but I didn't feel confident in deciding where that overlap was um, yeah, and where it wasn't. And especially since uh, I had like Hubba Hubba Hamstery who was kind of guiding me in this and, and some of the North American, the other North American breeders who were also helping me out, but they all mainly deal with Syrian hamsters as well. So I didn't yeah. feel like I had that structure and support to really make definitive statements on dwarves and dwarf care. Yeah, no, that definitely makes sense for sure. Do you think you would possibly make one on dwarf hamster care maybe, eventually? Yeah, maybe if I found the right people to to kind of guide me on it. Yeah, no, that's definitely understandable. Well, do you want to go into, I know you kind of walked us through your process of creating the guide do you want to go and walk us through the updated version how you decided what you needed to add to this new version what sections you know that were just as important as the information that was already in the guide that needed to be put in there yeah so I don't know if um, I phrased that no I phrased it okay just fine there were some small edits. Um, I can't even remember what they were. They were so small. They were just maybe me some clarifying some details. But uh, the main chunks of the update, which take up so many more pages in the, the PDF now. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I think I added like 25% more content to the guide with this update. Yeah. So it was pregnancy, litter development, and hydrocephalus and brachycephaly care. And I got started with the pregnancy and development when um, Juliana mm-hmm. from Strong Brew Hamstery kind of approached me and oh. asked me if this was a topic I'd like to expand on in my guide. I think one of the main reasons she brought it up was to help just expand on what she had already written in her pregnancy crash course. Okay. Obviously, pregnancy crash course, you get the gist of what that is. Uh, <laughs> Like, oh no, my hamster's pregnant. What do I do? I need to figure out all this information. Stat. <laughs> exactly. So yeah. mine mostly expands upon the development section. So the different stages of development, what's needed, um, as well as a little bit more like contingency care, like what happens when they are abandoned or orphaned, stuff like that. Yeah. Because so my idea is that people who end up with accidental litters for whatever reason or rescues that bring in a litter or they bring in a pregnant hamster, one of the things that they might need is figuring out how old the hamsters are. Like if you maybe didn't check on your hamster for a couple days and you come back and oh my god, there's there's babies. (laughs) Yeah. 
a rescue that brings in a litter without a mom or the mom is delivered with the babies and you're trying to figure out how old they are because maybe they don't know. So yeah. I provided or I, I drew some examples of the different stages to help give more of an idea of what they look like because they, they change fairly quickly within the first two weeks. Okay. During those two weeks, it's fairly easy to look at them and go, okay, this is about maybe three day old hamster pup okay like based off of if their eyes are open or things like that yeah like uh, the amount of fur that's grown in how how big they are how like pink and translucent their skin is okay so there's those images to help with that and as well as just talking about the different care that's required with each step for the first two weeks you don't interact with the pups at all you still need to care for the mom in terms of giving her food making sure the cage is in a like quiet area and then after two weeks you know uh, just being on the lookout for behaviors just kind of all around care for you know how to care for the pups and the mother during that time yeah which is very in-depth if anybody finds themselves in that situation you know hopefully they don't have that situation (laughs) yeah step one Hopefully you don't you don't end up in that situation. <laughs> Step two, making sure you have good information if you do. Exactly. Yeah. Make sure you're doing that correctly and what is best for the mother and for the pups in that situation. Well, thank you for telling us a little bit more about that section. You said you added some other sections as well, the hydrocephalus. Do you mind telling us about those other sections? Yeah, hydrocephalus and brachycephaly are two kind of like rather comorbid conditions. Uh-huh. Usually uh, a hamster with hydrocephalus will have brachycephaly, but not all hamsters with brachycephaly will have hydrocephalus. So hydrocephalus is a condition called water on the brain. That's what it roughly translates to. And it's like oh, this okay. extra pressure that's built up and it usually oh. interferes with the hamster's development. So they will have issues with their skull development, I think is the right phrasing on that. But is there something specific that causes that? Is that just genetics? It's genetic, okay. typically. Okay. Which is why it's often seen from pet stores, from like millbred mm-hmm. hamsters, because they don't factor in those genetic hereditary issues and then breed and then you get hamsters with these conditions. Okay. So And so brachycephaly is the shortening of the snout. It also affects the teeth due to how the, the snout is kind of formed or ha- rather hasn't formed. This affects the teeth a lot. So often hamsters with brachycephaly or hydrocephaly will have like very brittle teeth or they may not grow teeth. Sometimes they'll need the teeth removed surgically. Aww. Sometimes they can't wear them down on their own because maybe they're missing a few. So they, they require a lot more care. And one of the main reasons mm-hmm. I included this in my update is because a lot of the... Um, stuff that used to be out there for hydrocephalus care was is gone. There were, used to be an article, I believe, someone from Cheeks and Squeaks wrote and had published, but another website bought up the domain and didn't keep the old content. So that's just Aww, gone. That's unfortunate. <laughs> yeah, seriously. So I worked very closely with um, the people at Cheeks and Squeaks, Aaron and Tony, to yeah. get an idea of what 
hydro brachy care is and it kind of varies because the needs of the hamster are going to vary depending on how severe it is yeah oh and oh, gosh i didn't mention this earlier so only a vet can diagnose a hamster with hydrocephalus because you can see the external symptoms of a short snout and maybe bad teeth but that can appear in both brachy and hydro but it does have to be confirmed by a vet okay but definitely consult a vet Yes. If you have suspicion that your hamster does have that. Yeah. And the care for brachy and hydro hamsters is typically going to be the same, but there may be extra concerns to be on the lookout for with a hydro hamster. Some uh, hydro hamsters may keep their teeth and things are going to be fine. They maybe just need a softer diet and vet checkups to get their teeth back to normal size. And besides that, they can live a totally normal life. So more severe cases, they may need to be like in a dust-free environment. They may have no teeth and you need to give them a completely soft food diet. And one of the other things is, you know how chewing is so important for hamsters and we rely on chew toys and food Mm -hmm. for a lot of stimulation and enrichment well yeah you can't do that if you have a hamster who can't chew hard things yeah so So, that changes how they have enrichment in their enclosure mm -hmm. so i included a few ideas uh for ways to enrich a hamster one i don't remember if i put this in or not and this is a very maybe not great idea just in terms (laughs) of the creativeness behind it i like this thing i call it stuff in a bowl (laughs) Oh my gosh, I saw your post on that a while back. I thought it was cool. I I thought it was cool. It It feels like so simple that I don't know if I can claim it as an idea. I would claim it. Why not? Okay, Ginger's (laughs) stuff in a bowl. Stuff in a bowl. (laughs) So I just, I think especially like those little circular, like, I don't know how I'm trying to describe this, like a wood block, but it's circular. The beads. Yeah. The wood beads. The wood beads. Like you put that into a, a bowl that maybe has some like rounded sides on it. And I don't know, my hamsters seem to like to just push the stuff around. How big do you have the bowl? Oh, it's just not for, that big. For, I can reshare the post so that people know what we're talking about. But for just listeners. I mean, so my hamsters are on the larger side being ethically bred hamsters. And I think maybe if I was to multiply Phoenix by two, it would be a a nice fit. So it's not that big of a bowl. Just bigger than the size of your hamster. So she has room to move around. She has, she can sit down if she wants to, and then she can move the stuff in front of her. (laughs) (laughs) I should try it with Lenka. See if she likes it. See if she likes ginger stuff in a bowl. And it's a great way to use any broken hanging chew toys, especially if you get the ones that use like string. Oh, yeah. Hold everything up and then the hamsters chew the string and then the whole thing falls down. Yep. Linka did that in two seconds with one I got for her. Yeah. It literally didn't last a night. (laughs) So, yeah, if you just take that stuff and you put it in a bowl, some hamsters (laughs) like to go around and just move it around. Love it. I love the tips. It's stuff like that. It's it's finding creative ways to give them something to do, make their lives a little more, more enriching, and just stuff that wasn't readily available before. A lot of it's, well, it's out there now because I put it there, but it used to not be out there. Yeah, which is, you know, a, a huge reason behind you creating the guide and adding these other sections that somebody who is new to hamster care would have absolutely no idea about any of this stuff. And so it's good to have that knowledge out there. And even for, you know, people who do lots of research on care and have proper care, if they're just looking to, 
you know, learn more and find some other things that maybe they could try. They could try stuff in a bowl. (laughs) So you never know. You're helping people left and right. So kudos to you. Well, thank you. I uh, tip my hat to you. You can't see me, but I'm tipping my hat to you. Well, I tip my hat back at you because the main... While this is a a resource to have, the issue is making sure people have access to it and know that it exists. So thank you for helping me get the word out because, of course, it's useless if it sat there with no one to read it. That is true. That is very true. Podcast is useless with no listeners. (laughs) That is also true. Well, I'm not worried the debate of if it falls in the forest and no one's there to see it, does it make a sound? Now we're in some philosophical This is true. I didn't think we were going to go down this route, Ginger. Do I exist? Do you exist? (laughs) But here we are. Oh my gosh. You are so fun. I enjoy you so much. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Back to my questions. (laughs) Back on topic. You spent all this time creating this guide. Spent all this time revamping it. Doing peer review relaunching it everything and I want to know do you have a favorite section of the guide or a section of it that you are most proud of or one that you feel is like super important for new hamster owners to you know scroll right to do the google search on the side of you have asked me three different (laughs) questions (laughs) my favorite multitask my favorite (laughs) is the food section because I will make my hamsters mush, and this is the easiest way for me to access the mush recipe. <laughs> so go to my own website, click on food, go right down to the mush recipe, and work from there. Okay. My, the one I'm most proud of, I would I would have to say it's the development section, just because of the pictures. I really like doing that style of art. It was really rewarding for me to make those pictures. And it's just so fun to watch the process. Like, as the person who's doing the process. You should do, like, a time-lapse video next time you do that type of artwork. That'd I be really should. Cool. And honestly, the experience made me, like, consider, should I add more pictures to my guy? It would you take could. so long. But it was so much fun for me. I honestly want to, to go back and just add pictures. As huh. for the one I think is most useful for new hamster owners, is I think the overview. It's just a very quick summary of how to get started. So not only in the overview is um, what I call the quick start setup, which is a kind of reference to games. You know, if you play like a role-playing game, they have like a quick start character. Mm -hmm. So you can just get into the game. So quick start (laughs) setup is just getting into the care. Yeah. But also right before the quick start setup is a little bit of an introduction to the Syrian hamster and the misconceptions around it. So I think that is, it's a great place to get started. (laughs) The most important section for new hamster owners. (laughs) Because then, I mean, everything else is important. I mean, a good habitat is important. Good food is important, you know? Oh, yes. The whole Uh, guide is important. (laughs) But, like, I just think an easy introduction is a great place for people to get started because it's so easy to get overwhelmed. Yes, that's very true. What are the next steps for your guide and you know with this hamster care journey that you have going on right now are you going to add more pictures like you were just saying or (laughs) have you even thought about it um I have thought about it a little bit 
I was considering, so I had written up this section called like emergencies and it was a section kind of dedicated to going over the idea of planning or bringing your hamster into your emergency planning. However, it's a little messy in my opinion, even though it's, it looks fine. And I didn't want to wait on that to put um, the updated version out. Yeah. So that might be one in the future. I think some of it is a bit common sense. Like, make sure you have carrier for each hamster yeah. in case you have to evacuate. So I thought it was it was fine to leave that one out. Um, yeah. Adding- it's, it's still good information, though, just because, because I didn't even think of that until I saw a post about it. Um, it kind of, like, triggered in my brain, like, oh, yeah, there could be an emergency that happens. You know, what am I going to do with Linka? You know, like you have to, even though you think like people do think about this, which in the back of your mind, like you are, you do think about that, but not everybody is actively thinking about it. So it's still good to include that information because it'll spark that idea of, hey, I I didn't really think about this in depth. Now I need to like figure out a plan. Yeah, exactly. Personally, I still think that's good information to include, especially for a newer hamster owner. You know, yeah. they're still learning different things. So, I mean, we're all learning, but. Yeah. And, you know, like moving a, a, a hamster from one area to another is different than taking a dog from one area to another. So there are things that, you know, that need to be considered that aren't in the cultural consensus, maybe. Exactly. Like cultural mind space. Yeah. So Thought Palace? <laughs> <laughs> You're just coming up with creative ways to say the same thing. <laughs> well, I came up with, you know, functionally non-useful information for, you know, saying fun, fun facts. So <laughs> Which was maybe amazing. this is just how I am. <laughs> well, um, I love it. <laughs> so, Okay. Well, but- is there anything else you want to add while we're wrapping this up? Well, not that anyone maybe really cares, but my hamsters are doing great. <laughs> Phoenix, who is on, who is the uh, kind of cover of my my guide? She's the hamster I'm holding on my guide. Oh, she's so pretty. She's so cute. She's soft. Her, like her like, coat have you ever is had, like, gorgeous. A really soft blanket, and you just like keep touching it. Yeah, it's soft. That's Phoenix. <laughs> That's soft, and I don't know. Keyleth is also a long hair hamster, but she's nowhere near as soft as Phoenix. I don't know what the difference is. Huh. But she's so soft and she's so calm. She's so cuddly that I keep falling asleep holding her. Oh. Um, she's so sweet, though. I love her. I love her fur. It's so pretty. Oh, she's such a pretty hamster. And she's she's starting to get a bit older, too. She's like a year and a half now. And Keyleth is doing great. She recently decided that she wanted to just sit on me while I played games for like an hour the other day. Oh, my gosh. How fun. <laughs> like, she sat in my hand like a hot dog for a bit. <laughs> she's like, this is my spot. I'm stuck here. And You're like, stuck with me, looked Mom. at my screen and then just kept sitting there. And I put her in my lap and she just cuddled there. I don't, for a hamster that likes to eat my shirts and crawl all over the couch and go everywhere at once, that was surprising. Oh, But it was very cute and I appreciate it yeah. very much. Thank you, Keyleth. 
that's very sweet like especially when they when they do stuff like that that's a little bit out of character but like sweet in the same way and how long have you had linka now oh my gosh three months two and has she like changed from when you first like got her and how she acts around you now yeah she's a lot more less like skittish Mm -hmm. (laughs) she was a little bit but she's definitely warmed up to me she's so gentle still like (gasps) extremely gentle phoenix a piece of mango the other night and it was like if there was a tiny little hamster book i feel like it was the size of a little hamster book and she held it between her paws oh it was the cutest thing ever i did not have my phone on me oh absolutely wonderful oh yeah i've I've discovered, too, it's very hard to get pictures of Linka and videos of Linka. Other people take better pictures and videos of her than I do. (laughs) I don't know why, but for some reason, I take a picture of her. It turns out like trash. My boyfriend will take a picture and it's glorious. And then my sister took some really good videos. And my mom was even like quickly like snapping pictures of her real quick one night. And they were like flawless pictures and I'm like I literally sit there and try to like hold my phone out like ready to take a picture or a video of her and nothing I try to take one and it turns out like trash and I'm like why <laughs> I Phoenix don't understand this very odd thing where she's extremely interested in my phone like yeah I I think she's aware of when I try to take a picture of her too because I'll I can sit there on my phone hmm. for a while like holding her and then the mm-hmm. moment I pull it up to, like, my chin to snap a picture of her cuddling off me, <laughs> she's like, what is that? What is that? And, like, starts to get up real close to it. She, like, will wake up and start crawling towards it. I'm like, oh. So there's just going to be some expressions of hers that I will never get a good photo of. Yeah. Because she only makes them when I'm holding her with both my hands, too. Yeah. See? It's hard. It's so hard. Our lives are so hard, so hard. Holly. <laughs> I know. Why Why is it so hard to get pictures of our hamsters? <laughs> the struggle is real. Oh, my gosh. No, but with with Petra, I could just take a video, and it would turn out really cute. It was She was hard to get pictures of because she would move pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. But videos, I could take decent videos of her. But Linka, oh, gosh. <laughs> so all the recent ones that I've been posting that are like way better pictures of her, I didn't take them. <laughs> Not even close. Oh my gosh. I'm glad your hamsters are doing well and they're still adorable and Thank you. everything. No, I think that's it. I'm just happy to be here again. It was lovely having you again, Ginger. Thank you so much for taking the time and talking with me and more importantly, taking the time to create your guide <laughs> because thank you've you. helped I'm... so many people with it, myself included. So thank you so much. No problem. I'm really, really happy to help. And I love hearing from people that it's helped. It makes all the time I've put into it like really feel worth it. Thank you for having me. All right, so I hope you guys all enjoyed that amazing collaboration with Ginger Clark. 
Ginger, thank you so much for coming on the podcast and talking about your care guide. It is so jam-packed full of awesome information. So much so that Holly's hamster tip of the week this week is... I bet you guys can guess this. (laughs) Go and check out Ginger's guide read it. It is full of awesome information and it's an easy read. Okay, so that brings me in to this week's writing collaboration. This one is from custard.theham. Thank you so much, Custard the Ham, for writing this in. They said, Oxbow is the most commonly recommended food for hamsters but it is one of the worst choices. According to the National Research Council's subcommittee on laboratory animal nutrition, hamsters require 17 to 22% protein, 4 to 7% fat, and 8 to 15% fiber. If you look at Oxbow's nutritional analysis, neither of their foods have enough protein or fat. They only meet the fiber requirement and Garden Select goes over. The other issue is that the main ingredient in Oxbow is Timothy hay, which passes through a hamster's digestive system way too quickly for their body to absorb all of its nutrients. So, why do people get Oxbow if it's so bad? Unfortunately, Oxbow is what's usually recommended by vets. Oxbow is a great food for other animals like rabbits, guinea pigs, and chinchillas. And many vets are sponsored by Oxbow, so they promote it. Vets are healthcare experts, not experts on nutrition. When feeding hamsters, it's best to feed them a seed mix to supplement with the last blocks. In the U.S. and Canada, Harlan, Teclad, and Maserai, rat and mouse, are good lab blocks and science-selective hamster pellets in the U.K. For seed mixes, Higgins Sunburst and Higgins Vita Garden can be found in the U.S. and in Canada. Bunny Nature Basic, an expert, and Mr. Johnson's Hamster and Gerbil can be found in the UK. Also, Harry, Hamster, and Rotopet can be found almost anywhere. Thank you so much, Custard the Ham. This was some awesome information about nutrition. Thank you so much for sharing. That wraps up another episode of the Happy Hamster Corner. I hope you guys all enjoyed this collaboration this week and go check out Ginger's Care Guide for Syrian Hamsters and I will see you guys next week for another episode of the Happy Hamster Corner. If you don't know, I release new episodes every single Friday. I love talking with you guys in the hamster community, hearing your stories and what you have to say. If you want to be featured on this podcast, send me a message. I love hearing from you guys and you are all amazing out there in the hamster community. So have a wonderful weekend and I'll see you all next week with another episode. Bye now. And of course, as 
always. Have a happy one, guys. Uh, functionally non-useful information for you. <laughs> exactly. <laughs>